We've been talking a lot about Samsung on recent episodes. We were talking about the Galaxy Fold. We were talking about uh, the scandal. I don't know if you could call it a scandal, but the, the situation in Australia, we were talking about that on a recent episode as well. There's a lot of news with Samsung, specifically big players, you know, and kind of Samsung kind of acts as this uh, important thing to track in the tech in the tech segment in general because of how intertwined Samsung is a brand is as a brand uh, with all the other brands because their components are uh, involved and included in the products from so many other brands, particularly Apple, but even companies like Huawei. And you have this uh, story that uh, that broke today. Samsung profits likely fell 56% year on year, including $683 million Apple fine. So a first thing worth mentioning here, profits way down. All right, 56% year on year. That's massive. That's a massive swing in the entire marketplace. Then there's the Apple fine piece, which actually boosted them up a little bit. The fine in relationship to a topic that we, that we covered here recently as well uh, about how Apple was buying their OLED displays from Samsung and then failed to meet the original expectation on the contract for how many displays they were going to purchase because of the lackluster performance of, of iPhone sales in conjunction with the lackluster performance of the premium branded Samsung sales. So you go on to read here and take a, a, a slightly deeper dive into exactly what this performance hit is all about. It seems to be that the premium smartphone segment is just like over. It's just not what it used to be. Uh, it, it, there's there's more competition now. I'm, I'm talking like legitimate competition where, where end users are considering a much wider breadth of manufacturers and and models than they had been previously. Samsung just had it good. Apple had it good for a really long period of time where it was, hey, I'm gonna upgrade, and it was really obvious what that upgrade was going to mean, and it was gonna be in a flagship department specifically. But now we get these we get these big figures seeming to indicate uh, that that's, that speculation is more than speculation now. We have concrete evidence that that's the case. Uh, here's some uh, some words from Samsung. We assume weaker earnings for the mobile business led to softer than expected earnings for uh, second quarter 2019. Uh, uh, that's actually someone from Daiwa Capital Markets. It's an analyst who, who follows Samsung specifically, so that's not words directly from them. Although we assume an increase in sales of smartphones, so a slight performance improvement in numbers of smartphones, up about 7%. Weak sales of premium smartphones, Galaxy S10, and aggressive promotions for the mid-tier models such as Galaxy A series, which is a lower margin product, negatively impacted product mix and earnings in second quarter 2019. So still moving smartphones, but different types of smartphones and four different markets, obviously, as well. Places where the Samsung Galaxy A series, for example, might be popular and places like India where they have, uh, what is it, Galaxy M? Is it the M series, Well, Yep. So they're, they're, they're still moving devices. It's just on a per-user basis, it's a much lower uh, uh, profit margin, and therefore that's where your, your lower numbers are going to come from. Somebody gets a new smartphone, if they spend half of what they might have otherwise spent, well, that, that, that cash just evaporated, obviously. Now, another thing that apparently has hurt Samsung... Uh, is the U.S. blacklisting of Huawei. Now, that's such a weird thing to figure out. Again, because so many tech fans, and, and trust me, I know, I, I read about it in the comments section where people are so loyal to a particular tech brand, not necessarily recognizing the connection between these various tech brands and how success for one often leads to success for another. Uh, so somebody might be like a, a Samsung fan and hate Huawei or a Huawei fan and hate Samsung. And meanwhile, you got this black, Huawei blacklist affecting Samsung because, of course, Samsung is responsible for uh, various components that go into Huawei devices as well, including chips. Uh, so certain chips in the phone are sourced from Samsung and weaker Huawei sales means reduced component orders. And therefore, you've got this glut, this buildup of Samsung components that have no devices to go into because of these restrictions that were placed on, 
on Huawei. And you don't need very much shift in that marketplace to all of a sudden uh, see significant changes in numbers because now if you have an abundance of materials without buyers for those materials or chips in this particular case, you have to reduce the cost, therefore reduce the profit margin and so on. And you got to all the go all the way down. Experts have said that the entire semiconductor sector is undergoing a period of inventory adjustment, which is keeping demand low and causing a supply glut that's squeezing the price. So, and it's DRAM chips, it's NAND chips, it's all the stuff that Samsung does. People look at Samsung, people who watch these videos, unbox therapy videos, that are focused mostly on smartphones, you look at Samsung as a smartphone company, and it's true, they are a smartphone company, but they are so diversified, and they supply so many different components to various sectors, and of course, domestically in Korea, they make such a wide variety of products outside the realm of just smartphones. It's important to recognize that this whole thing is in some way connected. So then there's the Apple component, uh, as I mentioned with the OLED display order, Apple had told Samsung it would need 100 million OLED iPhone displays a year, but a slump in iPhone sales had a knock-on effect for Samsung display, which saw its operating profits have in a year, falling from 5.7 trillion won to 2.62. So at the time, there was a possibility of a fine somewhere in the neighborhood of 170 million to make up for the difference in the underwhelming sales of the iPhone and so the, so the actual payout of 683 million kind of better than what Samsung would expect in one of the one of the bright pieces although you have to assume Samsung still would have rather sold the displays than just to fall back on some contract stipulation with a fine payment of 683 million so what does this mean for the market moving forward well it means that uh, that customer customer choices customer demand and competition is going to continue to erode the the profits at the high end of the market that that these companies have become used to in the Samsung Galaxy S series and of course the iPhone series as well. Um, they're gonna have to they're gonna have some have to make some adjustments from a marketing perspective as far as like which devices they put their weight behind. If the volume of sales is not going to be there, it might be more worthwhile for Samsung to put more energy into the devices that actually can sell, even if there's a slimmer profit margin associated with it, like the A-Series and others that are available. A-Series recently became available here in Canada, for example. You're seeing it at the major carriers here in store as an option for an outright purchase. This is a customer adjustment as well, which is important to note. Like another key component, I think, in this fall off year over year for the premium smartphone is also the way in which people interact with their smartphone purchase. Moving away from the subsidized uh, re-up on the contract that people used to do to just outright ownership of their smartphone and absorbing the expenditure immediately uh, and paying for the whole thing outright. They're going to just, people are going to have more cost consideration if they're purchasing the thing in that fashion, which is what people have begun to do. So um, it says another thing too, I think it says that the mid-tier stuff and even the low-tier stuff has gotten a lot closer in performance. The cost to performance ratio has shifted away from the premium smartphone further. We've talked about brands like OnePlus, uh, talked about brands like Oppo, talked about brands like Huawei even, or their honor sub-brand. People are getting more for their money and it's becoming harder to recommend those those high tier or uh, high price point devices as a consequence of that fact. There's less differentiating those two segments than ever before. And I, I expect that to continue. And I expect you guys who watch this content to to uh, to continue to, to move towards those value oriented devices because you do get more for your money. So I don't see this turning around, to be quite honest. Unless you get some other reason, like we talked about in a previous episode, with like a fold device or some kind of new form factor or some kind of compelling reason to spend this extra money, it's just not there right now. I just can't tell your average customer in the smartphone marketplace that it's worthwhile to go out and spend a thousand plus on a smartphone. I can't do that right now. And I'm not the only one. I assume this conversation is happening in more tight-knit social groups. I assume it's happening in your own in, in your own conversations that you have as a tech enthusiast. So I expect this to continue. I don't think it's gonna, the only uh, uh, saving grace for Samsung is that they're, they can lean into their other component stuff. 
because they provide those, they provide that stuff at the mid-tier, top-tier, and everywhere else. And so they are diversified in that sense, which protects them a little bit. Now, sticking with Apple for a second and talking about new form factors, there's a new rumor uh, just emerged that, that Apple is planning a foldable iPad. And this, is, uh, this has been a conversation since the folding phone for, first emerged. Uh, there was a subset of the audience that was like, wait, this tech is a lot more useful in a, in a tablet style form factor because that's an area where you, we really need to shrink down these devices as far as screen to body ratio is concerned. Smartphone already really competitive in that sense. Whereas a typical traditional laptop, for example, you have half your real estate is just this keyboard and you're kind of missing out on the potential for this, this, this giant uh, interactive display. So if you've handled a tablet, uh, an iPad, something like this in the past while, um, you recognize that the thing is nowhere near uh, pocketable. It's, it's portable, but the, the footprint is similar to that of a laptop because of course you can't bend it. So we looked recently at this Lenovo folding screen laptop, which was a prototype, I should be clear, but Lenovo working on a similar concept where the tablet kind of becomes the laptop in the fact that it folds and you get this digital keyboard that lands on the desk. It, it would seem to be a compelling kind of product in an iPad uh, with, with the Apple brand on it. You could imagine how Apple might sell that. There's going to be certain things they can't get around, like the crease and the display, uh, some of the some of the softness associated with these these flexible displays as well, and the finish on the outside of it. Durability might come into question, things like this. But it has kind of been a dream, at least for certain certain users in the audience, that, this, that you could you could have this notebook style thing. Microsoft Courier was kind of one of the early stage versions of that. This notebook style touchscreen thing that could be these these two different devices for you, or it could be uh, just just half the size, right? Twice as portable, but then you unfold it and you get the full package. So uh, this rumor emerged here, foldable iPad possibly in 2020, which could also feature 5G connectivity, approximately the same size as a MacBook. So the display itself, uh, similar to that of a MacBook, which would make sense. There's currently a 12.9 inch iPad Pro available. It doesn't fold, but it's available right now. You could imagine that thing folding. You're basically from a screen size perspective in 13 inch MacBook territory with the absence of the of the keyboard. Uh, so the, the, there's been various patents filed. We've showcased them here on a show in the past to indicate that Apple is at least considering something in this department and they have to they have to be working on it. You have to be experimenting with it because as we've mentioned, especially at the premium price tag, users are looking for compelling reasons to jump into this stuff. And so far, these slight iterations, they do have an effect. The latest iPad Pro got people talking about iPads again for the first time in a very long time. But until this thing does something uh, significantly different, it's hard to have these conversations again. So I'm, I won't be surprised to see Apple release something like this eventually. 2020 might be ambitious. We'll have to wait and see, but you may see a foldable iPad with 5G next year, according to this particular rumor. Staying on Apple just for one more second here, they're trolling Google actually here in Toronto. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Will, but uh, Google is doing this futuristic city thing down on the waterfront here in the city of the great the fine city of toronto it would be this would be the type of city i would like to live in and sign a long-term contract to stay in if i was a professional athlete see what i did there well i'm not referencing any particular athlete because i'm you know very low key i don't like to apply pressure to people you know trying to make very hard decisions but i'm just saying it's a very nice city it's a safe city jack uh, a lot of nice restaurants to eat at um, very diverse city, something for everyone in this city. Uh, so anyway, Google, they got the green light to do this futuristic uh, uh, civilization setup here. Sidewalk, what, what do they call it? What's the name of the company? It's Sidewalk Labs. And in conjunction with Google, they're, they're, they've taken over the waterfront, try to reimagine the waterfront, which by the way, 
as much criticism as they've taken to this point, the waterfront in the city here definitely needs work. Like it's kind of a wasteland in certain parts. Mm -hmm. And what people might not understand is the area in which they've gone in and attempted to modify it really wasn't doing much up until this point. So I'm a technology enthusiast. I'm, I'm typically optimistic. I understand some of the uh, criticism that they're getting. Any change in, in general is going to elicit some degree of criticism, and rightfully so. But I'm still in the camp where I'm like, it's kind of cool that they're doing that here. I have to wait and see what the implications are. But here's the thing. You know, Apple, they've had their uh, privacy conversation going on since right around CES 2019 when they put up that billboard across from the convention center. Well, the original one was what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. It was making waves. They didn't do anything or say anything at CES, but they had the billboard. And that was enough to get them some articles. They've been on this security trip for a while now saying, hey, we're different than Google. We don't care about your data. We don't sell your data. We're not trying to show you ads. We're a different type of company and so forth which uh, is probably true to a certain degree. Of course, them getting into the services businesses, like with the card and stuff, you kind of wonder for how long this is going to be the case that they don't care about you personally. They're getting into your finances. Again, they claim it happens on your phone. It stays on your phone. Now, Sidewalk Labs, the criticism for Sidewalk Labs and what they're doing in Toronto is that they're really just building a futuristic surveillance state cameras everywhere they know where you go what you do when you what you buy in stores and like that's the fear is it's some 1984 type of scenario so google or sorry apple picking up on that they placed this billboard right beside the sidewalk labs project offices and they say we're in the business of staying out of yours privacy period that's iPhone. And, and if you're looking, if you're standing looking at the sidewalk labs uh, headquarters there or offices, whatever it is, you're, you can't help but see this billboard as well. Now, you could say this is just by chance, Will. Uh. You could say they just, they, you know, they, they do these types of campaigns and it just so happened to land in front of these offices. You could say that, couldn't you? You could. The what else could you say, though? You could say something else as well. What could you say? Uh, they're, they're in the business of staying out of yours, <laughs> pretty much. So you could say, but, but, but could you say that this is a targeted thing that like, do you course, think, yes, okay, so this is a targeted yeah. thing. They're, they're going, they're going, uh, they're going head to head, mano a mano. Is that how you say that? They're going toe to toe. Yeah. It's a light little jet. They're having a little, a little face off here mm -hmm. and a little bit of fun. And so what? Like, fine, go for it. I don't know. There's going to be this kind of jostling from here on out. This is going to be the way that it goes as tech progresses. We'll see which model wins out. Uh, obviously, from an adoption perspective, a market share perspective, Android's been very successful. Uh, so has Google. And so have platforms like this, YouTube, which you don't pay for. You just, I mean, you 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 share your data in a way. You You sacrifice your attention to watch ads and there's, these are these are two different models, two different approaches to the web. I happen, I can speak from personal experience. If this platform didn't exist in a format that it does, in which I could earn revenue from showing you ads, like through the, the, the through that mechanism, this never would have happened. If I had to rely on Apple to build this video platform, where they didn't care about user data or ads, how could this have ever happened? I would have. Look at podcasts, for example. Since this show is also available as a podcast uh, for free, essentially, I would then have to have built out my own personal ads to go with it, which is fine. It, many have done it successfully, but nowhere near the number that did it successfully on YouTube because YouTube didn't require the initial investment to be able to do it. You could start generating revenue almost immediately on that model. So anyway, there's an argument in both places but Apple, they're entrenched in their position. Google, obviously, entrenched in theirs. And now Apple is continuing to troll. They're keeping the troll going a little bit longer. I'll, I'll give you a, a, some quick data here on Sidewalk, Sidewalk Labs and what they're working on. They are going to install, they're going to install sensors in a 12-acre waterfront neighborhood space. 
And the sensors are going to monitor the movements and behaviors of people walking through the area. Now, that's the official statement. That's one way of putting it. The, tr the truth is you're going to be watched if you're in this in this area. The argument's going to be that it's going to improve the services, improve the experiences that you have within this region. They're going to have like fiber connections. It's like some sort of tech utopia situation going on. Obviously, I got to get down there and check it out once it's uh, in play. But uh, for the time being, people are going to have to decide if uh, it, the, the relationship between their privacy, right, security and convenience. Because you're always, you know what I'm saying, Will? This is like uh, you've got your, your you, you know, on your apartment, let's say, or your house, you have a lock at the front. You have one lock, let's say. So now that trade-off, you've got some security and you've given up a little bit of convenience in the fact that you need to pull your key out every right. time you get home, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to never locking it. Well, you could add another lock. You could add five. But what just happened to your convenience? Getting in and out of the house is a nightmare. Now, you might not even leave the house. Yeah. You see how that goes? It's always that trade one for the other. And you got to make a decision what that's worth to you. Like I've heard people, okay, let's put an electronic lock on the house. But wait, they could hack it. But it's super convenient. You see where I'm going here? Yeah. I mean, what if like you get a penthouse suite in this sidewalk Toronto condo? But, yeah. Are you suggesting I do that? Is that what you're doing? Uh, I mean, there's a trade-off here. Like what if uh, you're completely monitored all the time, mm, mm, mm. you know? Right, they subsidize the cost of living there so they can learn more about human behavior in a way they never have before. Yeah. Is that a, is that a relevant exchange? Should how a person, is that, yeah, how is that different than should, like what YouTube does right Should now? a person be able to do that if they want? Yeah. Full out surveillance in exchange. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a creepy concept. The future is happening. Who knows what it's gonna look like? Google and Sidewalk Labs, they think it's gonna look like this. I don't know what Apple thinks it's gonna look like. Does Apple just think it's gonna look kind of how it does right now, just with a, but except you'll have a bunch of Apple devices. Maybe. See, that's the problem is that like, what is an iPhone without Google or YouTube? Like, or for many people, Facebook or whatever. It's, it's a portal. Without Google, the, the web would be such a different place. Yeah. So anyway, it's important to consider the future is happening on the waterfront of Toronto. Could be good, could be bad, like everything in life. Uh, Double-edged sword, yep. Will. Um, the AirPods just got some new competition. Sony's got something called the WF-1000 XM3. They did an earbud version of their ever-popular over-ear headphones, which I've talked about multiple times here on the show, that I like so much. Uh, they boiled it down. They shrunk it down into something... I guess a little bigger than AirPods, but they're going to actually have active noise cancellation and the features of the over-ear headphones uh, with the app and the whole thing and hear your surroundings, microphones on the outside. Very compelling package. They're not out yet, but I don't know. This is a rarity to see those types of features packed into an earbud style of a fully wireless headphone. You're usually only seeing these types of features in the over-ear style. And uh, and this could be a really compelling thing for people. It's going to be expensive, obviously, as you'd expect. It's going to start at $230. But along with the case, you're going to get 24 hours of listening time. Of course, the case itself is going to keep a charge in there. And then on their own, the earbuds can last for around six hours. Of course, battery consumption is, is important because when you're dealing with active noise cancellation, typically... Those have those headphones are going to use more battery because of all the fancy software stuff going on to to enable noise cancellation. Of course, you've heard me in the past complain about AirPods as much as I use them because of the convenience and the scale. And sometimes I don't want to have full on headphones on. You can hear everything around you. They don't isolate you at all. And that's kind of what the pro where the promise of these ones come come in. It's like okay, it's still small, it's still an earbud. But we're going to pack in those features, including active noise cancellation. So you can have these at the coffee shop and not go crazy hearing somebody's conversation over your shoulder. So that's a pretty cool, compelling thing. Uh, I'm interested to try them out. I still have to try out the new Bose 700 wireless headphones, which uh, have started have started to hit people's, uh, have started to ship for people. I guess they're fully out right now. So I got to pick up a pair of these and check out what's going on. Those, those are also equally compelling for an over-ear style. These ones, 
WF-1000 XM3, uh, the pre-order is available now uh, on Amazon and they'll ship next month, August 5th. So if you were in the market for a fully wireless earbud, you may want to hold off and check out what these things are all about. These are expensive investments. Even if you go with AirPods, 160 bucks to start somewhere in that territory, uh, you might want to hold off, check out what people think about these and boost your investment a little bit in exchange for active noise cancellation. Uh, we have a OnePlus a one plus one that allegedly burst into flames. So, uh, I mean, we've had we've had stories of so many different smartphones at this point and manufacturers uh, with with these exploding batteries and the, these fires and these things melting. Of course, nothing not not a single model more famously than the Note series. Was it the Note, Note 7. 7? The Note 7, it was like a guy's Jeep caught on fire. It was just like a bunch of reports all coming out at once. Well, OnePlus up until this point has kind of uh, been unscathed in this department. But it, it appears to me that this tech has less to do with the actual specific phone and more to do with whatever battery cells. And it's almost like anything with a battery cell has the potential to have this happen. Now, the individual in this case says that the room was air-conditioned, the phone was idle, it was just shut off or charging or something like this, and then they woke up and this is what happened on the bedside table, something along these lines. Uh, but you had the recall recently uh, as well with the with the MacBook Pros, where they recalled like a, a bunch of different uh, model numbers for that one, where they're saying, hey, these uh, batteries might pose a risk. Could this inherently be an issue with battery tech, particularly battery tech, in phones where things are incredibly slim and these things are, are used, charged, discharged a large number of times in a short period of time, it's quite possible. Obviously, these types of scandals look bad on the brand. Ultimately, the brand is the one that has to take the heat for it. Take the heat for it. You see that well? Mm -hmm. Because they plaster their badge on the thing. At the end of the day, it's, it's going to be their customer service department that has to look into it. But... What do we learn? I mean, I feel like any phone can blow up at this point, Will. I'm not even lying. I feel like my phone right over there could blow up. I feel like whatever phone I ever switched to could blow up. I feel like this laptop could blow up. Given the, the, the right set of... I feel like a Tesla yeah. could blow up. If you've got a battery, it could blow up. Now, the question then becomes, you know, what amount, what percentage, and how do you keep those percentages down? Uh, this, is, this is something that manufacturers are going to have to consider. I'm sure that they're going to want to inspect this one specifically. And I don't, I don't, I don't think it should change anybody's opinion about the brand specifically. It's a, a obviously a one-off case. It's not, it, it can't possibly be a note situation at this point because up until this point, I haven't heard a single report of a OnePlus device exploding. I feel like they all can. And it might just be a question of volume. That the more popular a phone becomes, the more likely the potential for a phone to explode because there's just more of them out there, more batteries. So Otis having a having a little a little hoot. He's having a hoot over there. He got choked out. What's he got? A hairball or something going on? He's just having a time. Maybe he's inhaling explosive battery fumes. Oh. Unknowingly, we've got too many smartphones in this uh, office that. It's only a matter of time. You know, don't you find that strange? Like, we've had exposure to a ton of smartphones here. Like, how long should we go before one explodes? I remember we did a video way back in the day when the Note 7s started to explode, where we took them to uh, a testing lab facility at a university where they had these various potential stress tests that you could do, including a heat test where we could simulate a phone running being left on the dash of a car in a desert essentially those types of environments and we couldn't get it we can get a single phone to have any kind of substantial physical issue let alone explode including the note series that was particularly susceptible at the time we got it up to what was it 100 degrees in there it was wild and we had them running videos on them so that they were heating themselves up and the environment was hot also it's actually pretty cool we should go back there and run some tests on some new smartphones we haven't been there in a while so we did various durability tests on some models of the time of the era okay well i'm gonna hit you with a really weird one right now this is coming via the south china morning post baidu that's a tech company in china they're kind of like the google of china their founder was water attacked on stage during a keynote. Mm. 
And it's the weirdest, it's the weirdest uh, thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so, ever. Like, Poor guy. Okay, so this this CEO, co-founder, chairman, CEO, he steps on stage to, to give a keynote and a guy marches up there and just dumps a water bottle on his head and his reaction is weird. His reaction time is weird. He kind of <laughs> lets him do it. The guy that's dumping the water has a weird, deranged look on his face. Like, it's a very serious thing. It's not funny to him, like a prank. Look at, his, look at the guy's expression. He was on a mission. He's on a mission. I'm going to do this. The bottle, and the guy doesn't move out of the way. He kind of, like, he eventually does, but it's a delayed response. I guess he's in shock of what's going on here. This guy's a billionaire, by the way. So he's not used to getting treated like this. And, and also, where's the security? How do you let this random dude on stage? With the, I mean, it could have been a weapon of some kind. He's lucky it was just a water bottle. But what a weird kind of prank. The guy's expression messes me up the most. Mm -hmm. Like, look, look at his expression. We'll play this back. Pause it on his face. Pause it somewhere here. Look at like, like what he's not, it's not fun or funny to him. He's just kind of like, okay, this is my mission. This is my job. Like, did somebody pay him to do this? Uh, a competitor? What a weird, uh, I, I don't know. What's your feeling, Will? Break it down for me. You got to explain this to me. Well, maybe uh, he just wanted to do it, but, you know, it wasn't like a prank or anything. It was just. Yeah, but why? What was... is the significance of dumping? What is it? Is it this guy's a, a billionaire? I want to show him. I want him to suffer or something. Is that yeah, all it like, is? Let's let's just embarrass you. Well, let's just take him down a notch. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, he hardly he did this because guy was it is just water. This guy was detained five days for the offense, which was announced uh, on the police district of that the, the, the police in that district. It was released on their Weibo account that he was uh, detained for five days for that action, but the thing became an entire meme. Because the Baidu founder in English, after he figures out what's going on, he can't help himself but to respond in English. Mm. And he says, what's your problem? So this is the meme now. Water on the head, hand on the arm. He puts the hand on the other arm so that he can't stop him. It's so weird, man. And he has a, he has a badge. He has a badge. Too. He's supposed to be in the conference, but yeah. definitely not on stage. I mean, he could, you know, he could be a disgruntled employee who used to work there and got fired. Uh, or his family maybe could have been affected by this guy in some way. Uh, but anyhow, it's obviously an offense of some kind. And uh, just, a, just a very odd exchange that I've been, I've been struggling to break down since the moment that I saw it to figure out exactly what's going on here. And but, apparently the CEO just kind of went through his speech like it was not a he continued no he got yeah. he actually got a round of applause yeah yeah he he actually got a round of like applause it, it didn't affect it. him at all yeah put a little volume on it here you, you can hear him say you can decide if it's all real i don't know maybe the whole thing is fake i don't know what's going on he here it is listen I don't know what audio you have coming through right now. You got multiple. You got lots of audio coming through. <laughs> What's your problem? Yeah, go back. You'll get a... Did you get it there? What's your problem? The look of confusion on his face. What's your problem? What's your problem? What's your problem? You know what? I would probably say something similar if that happened to me. I'd be like, what? What's your problem? Maybe I wouldn't say that. What would I say? I'd just be like, uh, I'd probably be like, seriously? Is this what we're doing? Well, I, you I don't know what I would stop them. What's that? You probably would have stopped them first, right? Right. I would have grabbed them or something. Yeah. That's true. Punch, Maybe. Punch or something. You know what? I think I just figured it out how, why it worked. He thought he was bringing him a water bottle to, to have during the presentation. He's like, this guy's bringing me a water bottle right now. Look at him. Look at the water bottle in the guy's hand before he goes up with it. Look, no, no, no. You got to go to the earlier. 
maybe it will play back in this clip. You can see slightly before the event takes place. Yeah, that angle. Look at him. See, he looks down at the water bottle. I mean, it's all very fast, obviously. But it wouldn't be unusual for somebody you don't know from the event to bring you a water bottle out of courtesy. Then this guy flips the flips the switch on it. Right. He goes the yeah, other I, way I with it, it. And then you're just getting drenched. But he wasn't tackled afterwards. He just walks off casually. The whole thing's very confusing. Anyway, I don't think it's a scam. I don't think it's fake. But that dude is obviously deranged to some degree. Like, what would you say his derangement level is? Uh, the guy who did it. Probably a 10. To be 10 honest, out of 10? Because of his expression. His expression is creepy. He's just, I'm going to so, go do yeah. this. Yeah, I don't know, man. Weird. Uh, maybe it's just a stunt. Maybe it's kind of like the equivalent, like the tech equivalent of streaking across mm. the, the, uh, the, uh, field? the field in a soccer match or a football game or a baseball game or something. It's like, maybe this is the tech equivalent. Maybe we're going to see more of this during keynotes. Could you imagine if that was Tim Cook or something? Mm. You had a, an incident during like a Google event. I did? I think so. Uh, where there was like Peter or something. They were, uh, they were yelling during an event. This was like a couple of years ago. Dude, I have no idea what you're talking okay. about. Never mind. I had an, I had an I issue. So. Somebody was heckling me? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, at a at the uh, Google I.O. Do you remember? There was um, a couple protesters that just kind of came in. And oh, yeah, you're right. Stopped the, you're right. Yep, the you're guy right. from like talking. Yeah, they were sick was, like, of... Uh, over them. They were protesting like San Francisco real estate prices and blaming the tech community for it or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do recall what you're saying, yeah. It's a, I don't know, futuristic, futuristic type of protest. Uh, Uber Eats, you're familiar with Uber Eats, Will? Mm -hmm. They, uh, you know, they bring the food to your house, whatever you order, whatever you want. They got a new dine-in feature, which kind of conf was confusing to me. Like, I didn't really know how to interpret that. Dine-in, what do you mean? The whole concept, they deliver it to you. What are you doing dining-in? Uh, but uh, the way that it works is you, you put the order in in advance so you don't wait when you get to the restaurant. And I actually think it's genius. I actually like it better than... The delivery guy bringing it to me nothing against the delivery guy but like uh it's just sometimes it's so late after it was made it's it's a totally different meal at that point i just i really don't want to go into the whole thing it just it's something off about it for me i think it kills the experience especially if it's a nice restaurant you got to eat it fresh well there's some foods they don't travel well Pizza's no problem. They've been delivering it for years. We don't need to go into it, but some foods do not travel well. Mm -hmm. And then it's a subpar experience. And it's like, just get your butt up off the couch, please. You know, in certain circumstances, not every time, but just in certain, anyway. This feature, on the other hand, is kind of cool. Sometimes you want a nice, you want some nice food, but you don't have the time. So you got to settle for something subpar. But if you had this app and, and you have this wide selection and you can kind of, browse in advance, hit what you want, roll past on your way somewhere, saving time. You got a limited amount of time on this planet and you're getting it hot off the presses because you know when the order went in and you know exactly when you arrived. Kind of cool. Now, another thing, I've heard that restaurant owners actually kind of like this because right now with Uber Eats, they're missing out on certain things like the gratuity, the upsell. Once you're already there, maybe you want to get an extra drink, something like this. Maybe you decide once you're there, oh, you know what? I have a dessert as well but you put the order in in advance. They can manage and plan better, then they can still get the tips for the wait staff. They don't get that with the Uber Eats as it stands right now. So this is a kind of cool hybrid situation, hybrid solution. Yes, you need to leave your house. I apologize. Mm. You got to get up and go somewhere, but so, I think it's worth it. So you pick it up and then you go home or like go wherever you need to go? No, it's a, it's a, it's a dine-in feature. So you literally just... You sit down you and your food in. shows up instead of the usual like, oh, it's going to take half an hour because it's a busy restaurant. Yeah. I mean, that's a totally different experience. And maybe you chat a little longer after you're done eating or while you're eating as opposed to, you know, the lead up. If you go to a restaurant, it could be okay with the appetizer and it can be all right. But if you're really hungry, that waiting stage at the yeah. beginning is just frustrating and the conversation is no good because everybody's like slightly aggravated. Yeah. And I know you got drinks and maybe appetizers are on the way. But imagine this, you roll into the nice restaurant, 
this like a lineup. You 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 breeze past the lineup. You sit down at the table, and then the food comes straight out. Mm. I mean, you feel like a first class uh, citizen right there. That service. That could good. be cool. All I'm saying, it could be cool. All right, time for uh, the new segment, the last segment of the show. It's where we evaluate, analyze the top of trending on YouTube, which uh, has delivered us various gems over the past couple of days. Uh, it's been a lot of the same, though. It's been so many music videos, uh, with the exception of Mr. Beast cracked into there. I'd like to see a little more variation here, but it does make sense. People love music videos, and, of course, they click on them multiple times if they like the song, and then that leads them into trending. Today we have Post Malone Goodbyes featuring Young Thug, currently sitting at 3.4 million, 3.5 million views, putting it at number one for trending. Uh, incredibly violent music video. So this is this now makes two days in a row in which the top trending video for me is kind of uh, R-rated, which is weird and surprising given Google's stance on a, on a, on and YouTube stance on a on the uh, advertising side of things. As far as like, uh, hey, uh, you know, we're not really promoting stuff that isn't friendly or whatever. This one, one of the most violent intros I've ever seen in a music video. There's a there's a, a knife fight that takes place. It's uh, quite intense. So if you're not into that, you might want to avoid this one. But uh, but the, the the video itself. I'm kind of into the vibe of it. Like it's uh, it's kind of creative. It's dark. It's got a cinematic look to it. Uh, he he. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm spoiling. Can you do a spoiler for a music video? I, I mean, it takes like it's it's four minutes to it's watch a four it. Four minute video. It's yeah. four minutes to watch it. So great. who cares if I spoil it? Uh, he turns kind of into a zombie, and the makeup looks really cool. Uh, I mean, the song is a love song. Obviously. It's a Post Malone song, so obviously it's a love song. Obviously, it's a pop song. Very catchy tune, as it would be. You can hear this thing on the radio already. It's a summer jam, but the video itself, to me, is a bit more unusual in the fact that they, you take the zombie vibe, you take the cinematic vibe. He's he's obviously, there's a reference point of like the feeling of goodbyes, of heartbreak associated with actual death in the form of a, of some sort of altercation. There's a connection being made there in the cinematic, which I think is kind of cool. There's a very abrasive product placement, which I'd have to mention. It's just so commonplace now in these music videos. Uh, it's It kind of reminds me actually of this Perrier can sitting over here, you see, but this is not a sponsorship. I mean, Perrier can get in touch if they want, but this is just my choice of beverage, I promise you. I promise you that. That Bud Light, on the other hand, not a choice of beverage. It's not even a place. It doesn't even really serve a function in an actual thing, in an actual video. But you get this really gleaming blue Bud Light shot. And then at the end, the very end of the music video, he chugs the Bud Light as, as Post Malone. If you were Post Malone, you'd do the same thing. Except it drips out of his neck because he's got a gash there. And so the, the beverage doesn't actually hit the stomach. It's so you got your classic zombie, he doesn't care because he's already dead mm -hmm. type of storyline. So I like the graphics, I like the mood of it. It's definitely a pop song. It's got your typical auto-tune. It's for the summer. The youngsters will love it. And I am not surprised to see it at the top of trending. There's not much else I can say about it. I feel like the music video was a little bit creative, so I'm giving it a few extra points for that. But I am waiting for the top of trending to feed me something that isn't a typical music video so I can go into a slightly deeper analysis because I know how this stuff works well. You mm -hmm. see, you got the catchy tune. You got the big name star celebrity and the views are baked in. You know they're coming through. And he, I'll give him credit, has consistently hit the people. He's hit the human beings with the ultimate pop tracks, with the ultimate catchiness on a consistent basis. Very difficult to do. He sees the musical algorithm time and time again. Yeah. So shout out Post Malone. Uh, anyway, Willie Do, I'm sure you got something you want to say because you just you're just a chatterbox <laughs> over there. So let us know what's happening in the world of Willie Do. Uh, so you use Amazon, right? What's Amazon? Never heard of it. Um, you can actually buy a house on Amazon. You know what? I was gonna talk about this story. Ooh. I was gonna talk about this story. You can buy cars. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Uh, for twenty thousand dollars, you can actually buy a home with free shipping. 
uh, like a like a what, what do they call you like a tiny a tiny house. home yeah tiny house tiny home yep it's like a one room type of home situation right now listed eighteen thousand eight hundred dollars a getaway cabin kit free shipping <laughs> why does it only have two and a half stars i want to see who's mad what happened they ordered it they're like i had to build it i'm so angry yeah. maybe i don't, I don't really know um you could buy anything on amazon they're not going to shut you down you want to put a listing up there no problemo this one's even more affordable this one's huh? cheaper doesn't uh it doesn't have any um insulation so you got to do that mm. but apparently like the structure's there huh so you can customize it 113 square feet it's all you need 3200 pounds i assume yeah so you need to arrange freight delivery obviously this thing is going to be huge right to me it's like a glorified shed you know you <laughs> you roll past home depot you see the sheds lined yeah, up yeah this is like a next level well, on that check this out this is uh for 50 grand Whoa. and this kind of looks like a house right that's 1100 square feet mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that now obviously there's floors. no basement here you slap it together it's a wood frame house and you plop it down it still kind of has like a cottage look to it right yeah but uh, pretty nice you know there's a nighttime is there a nighttime shot oh no that's the one i was thinking right there I mean, you got to get you ha have the land to plop it down you got to still manufacture the thing but how interesting yeah amazon will sell you anything man including your very own tiny home you never knew you wanted what do you think will could you live in a tiny home uh i mean i live in an apartment right now it's pretty small but yeah i think so so what would no, you no, wake no. up and then no no because some people the in forest. the no no, 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 no. <laughs> some people in a tiny home department will they really try to shrink it down like i've seen this thing before they try to get it to like 100 square feet oh yeah do you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. the bed flips up and then that's the kitchen table like i'm talking tiny home not this not a thousand square obviously yeah, anyone I, could live in a thousand square feet mm -hmm. i'm talking tiny I can't. No, no, I you can't. can't. This there, this house, yes. So so would you say the minimum is what, 500 square feet? There's got to be a minimum. Yeah, that's like a regular condo size, right? Four or 500 yeah. square feet, somewhere in there. It's got to yeah, be a minimum. It's when, I think for me, it's when the, the, it's when you're sleeping in your kitchen. Right. When you're sleeping like next to the stove, it's a bit much. Yeah. Like for, I mean, for me, I don't know. I mean, uh, that might be elitist. I'm not sure how, what happens in the world. There's some tight living quarters. You know, Tokyo, Hong oh, Kong, yeah. there's some tight living quarters out there. Some people living in some tight spaces, pod-like spaces. So you got to appreciate it. But for me, the way I came up, I had a little bit of space. You get used to it. You appreciate it. I like a breath of fresh air, Will. I like a fresh beverage. I like the sound of a stream in the background and the wind, the breeze. Yeah. I like to stretch out. I like to wake up in the morning. I like yeah. to walk around. Yeah. In my underwear, in fact. Oh. So just leave me alone on that front, as far as I'm concerned. All right. <laughs> but to each their own. Tiny home, go for it if that's your thing. Get it on Amazon. Unbelievable. I could assume if you got some kind of Amazon points or something, you know, they have the Amazon credit card, you could probably stack them up pretty quick on these $20,000 purchases. Right I'll tell you what. Yeah. Anyway, what a time to be alive, Will. You're buying your house on Amazon. Future is now. We made it. There you got go. a question for us today? Hot question coming through. You want to send your question to the show? Just send it to will at lulater.com. What do you have today? So this comes from uh, Jai Shil. Hey, Lou. Big fan from South Africa. I just want to know what is your favorite car and do you like speed or class? Mm, uh, favorite is hard because... It's like it seems like it always shifts depending on your circumstance at that moment. Um, I like a little bit of both, a little bit of speed, a little bit of class. Uh, I've talked about the upcoming Porsche. Some people want me to say Porsche. It'll never happen, though. I like the upcoming Porsche Taycan. I've been talking a lot about it because uh, I'm into the Panamera, and this is kind of like the electrified, futuristic version of the Panamera. Now, that car has some class some luxury but also the driving dna of the smaller 911 i've always kind of wanted a 911 i don't have a 911 maybe one day i'll get a 911 uh if i want something less practical more sporty and then i like trucks somehow uh i got a truck a while back and i've just kind of kept one since because they're so versatile uh i'm talking about a pickup truck I know in some parts of the world that's just like they don't even exist or nobody has them. But 
when you once you have a pickup truck, you get used to using the bed of your truck to like load things, especially if you have sports equipment, stuff like this, a family uh, truck can be really useful and and it can just you can it can it can uh it can have its benefits in unexpected circumstances where you're just like oh you gotta load we gotta load that thing up oh perfect throw it in a truck no problem you don't have to borrow anything you don't need to have a trailer or nothing you just throw it in the bed of the pickup i like to put a cover on the bed of the pickup turn it into the the, the cover i have right now i love it's motorized so the, the bed of the pickup becomes like a trunk I understand that this is uh, outside the scope or realm of the average person, but... Uh, utility. Well, utility is what I'm saying. Because the reason I'm saying the average person, I mean the average viewer, because I've been to places like India. There's no pickup trucks. I didn't see a single Ford F-150 in India. And I'm guessing it would be the same if you were in a lot of other uh, places. But here in North America, pickup trucks are actually very popular. So I like those as well. But I, I like all that. I like, I, like, uh, I like class, luxury, but I also like sporty stuff mm. and uh and futuristic stuff electric stuff maybe one day i'll get a tesla i don't know mm. i like cars in general just like tech mm. i'm not very specific on one's on one brand like i do find things that i like i stick to them for a while but i'm not so uh, i'm not so proud that i couldn't imagine uh experimenting with others because you know for me that's like that's the fun right there it's like trying the different stuff out and uh getting to the bottom of it, just like smartphones, just like laptops, just like headphones. I kind of think of cars in the same uh, spectrum. Mm. So there you have it. Cars, trucks, Post Malone, an old exploding OnePlus device, Samsung running out of cash. I That's not true. They just, look, premium smartphone market, it's shifting, it's changing. Everything's changing. Apple, Still talking about privacy. Google building a futuristic sidewalk town situation here in Toronto. Kawhi Leonard still hasn't decided where, where he's going to sign, which is driving Jack crazy. He can barely live his life. Kawhi watch. They're following airplanes now. What a time to be alive, Willie Do. It's always happening. It never ends. We don't stop because we got a job to do.